This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. How's it going? Thanks for tuning in. The last live stream before we get to Thanksgiving. I can say that with certainty. If you are listening on the podcast channels, I know we're after Christmas already, right before the New Year, uh, if the schedule holds. Make sure you connect with me over on LinkedIn, periscope.tv forward slash trap. if you want to listen to the live streams. They come out about five to six weeks before the podcast episodes now. So if you can't wait and you want to see my bald and shiny head on camera, join us there. I'm gonna, This is the last time I'll mention the next thing here, but I'm so proud to be in these guys' company Uh, So I'll mention this one more time and then we'll let it go. The top four business storytelling podcast, Park Howell, he was on the show not too long ago. Um, uh, The business of story, Donald Miller, the story brand, and then the business storytelling podcast. That's according to the friendly um, uh, evaluators over at Feedspot. So really appreciate them for listing us there and appreciate everyone to listen and tune in on the live stream. Over 100,000 downloads. Definitely appreciate you guys for that. Finally, uh, happy holiday season, happy shopping season. I still got this offer out there. If you want to check it out, five hours of digital marketing strategy and implementation, 500 US dollars. Just as a reminder, US dollars, not Australian, not euros, nothing like that. Even though I'm happy to work with anyone around the globe, even though Australia is really difficult to um, to find a good time that works. You're always early or you're really, really late for somebody. So today we want to talk about um, why debate matters in business. So I was just on the uh, podcast the other day here, Prove It Matters, Leo Moore. And I'm not sure I said that correctly. I think I stumbled there, but we'll bring him on here. He can correct me. I It's okay. People correct me all the time. Leo, how's it going today? It's doing great. You got, you're close, close. Morejon. Morejon. I had it written down and there you go. You know, it doesn't, I mean, yeah. Couldn't even read my handwriting anyways. Um, so Prove It Matters, of course, is the podcast where you debate with people. And I'll give people a quick preview. We debated. I won. I won. <laughs> Ta-da. We'll let, we'll, <laughs> we'll let the people decide. They can vote. I just watched the ones that came out today as we were, um, the day we were recording uh, or live streaming this one. So debate matters, but debate is so hard for people, is it not? I mean, people don't want to debate. Hey, just love me, man. Just love me. I don't want to debate. You're right. You're, you know, we're, uh, oh, hey, are we on the same page? We're on the same page, right? Yeah. I mean, why is it so hard? For people to de- to have good debates, and why do debate matters? Sure, it's it's really the best form of conversation, and as long as it's friendly, as long as it's done with love, it's love. It's done with looking to move conversations forward and our projects forward. Then that's 
the most beautiful, the best part of communication, debating, where I could bring in ideas that don't necessarily agree with yours. And then you could build on that and say, oh, wait, I didn't think about that. Oh, let's look at it from that direction. And then continue that conversation from a small idea that just started off like this after debating, after having an open flow conversation could turn into something this big. So from a form of communication, I believe it's it's probably one of the best forms of communication. I think it's hard for people to have sure. open discussions. I mean, even, you know, I, I mean, I'm watching some of your shows and, you know, when you start arguing with people, um, whether you believe the argument or not, I, I don't know. But yeah. but people people are, you know, like you can see kind of the defenses going up a little bit. Sure. And, you know, and, and even though in an environment like that, but um, how do we... How do we in, in, in enable people to yeah. actually have a good debate? I mean, I you know, I, I mean, I'll debate with anybody, quite frankly. Um, and I I don't remember who this quote came from. I did not come up with it. Um, mm-hmm. I de- I debate like I'm right, and I listen like I'm wrong. And sometimes <laughs> like people that. don't. Sometimes people don't hear the second part, and they just go, oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Give us some uh, tips. Sure. So. You need to create an environment that allows that, right? Whether it's in a relationship with your significant other or it's a relationship with your teams at work or it's us on a show, right? I need to make sure that I state this is an environment that's friendly. This is an environment where you can speak freely. This is an environment without judgment. And the most important thing is actually following through on that. So I look at it from a team at work. I could tell my team that this is a friendly environment, that this This is what needs to happen, honesty. But if I don't show that on a daily basis, if I don't allow that to happen, then it's never going to happen. So you need to make sure that you put your money where your mouth is and actually allow people to tell you opposing thoughts. Tell people to go ahead and tell you when they think you're wrong. Tell you different thoughts just in general. You need to be open for that. And if you focus on allowing that, I will promise you, I will bet money. I'll buy someone the course that your relationships, your business, your projects will all be optimized and better than ever before. Listening to opposing views, though, is interesting. I mean, I honestly, I, I tell people some of my best days are when mm-hmm. I learn something new. When somebody comes to me and says, hey, have you thought about that? No, I have yeah. not. Uh, you know, let's try it. Let's do it. But I think there's a big difference. And the other, but I think sometimes the terminology is the problem, right? That's fair. That's fair. So, Right. So when somebody comes to me and they say, hey, I'm going to have to disagree with you. It's like, yeah. right. Yeah. No, you, you hit the nail right on the head. And, you know, <laughs> taking the Proven Matters <laughs> show concept and kind of introducing it into the workplace. It is not a good idea. Right. Because I'm coming from a very challenging perspective and I'm the host. Right. So I kind of have all the power. And as a boss, you have all the power. And as the business leader, you have all the power. Mm-hmm. You don't want to introduce it like that. Just introduce it as conversation. Introduce it as a free environment. And that's when people will go ahead and open up. One of the things that I love to say is, well, actually, one of the things I love to do is, is something called active listening, which is, just sounds like something everyone does, but it's, it's really important. It's the study and act of actually listening, not thinking of a thought while someone else is talking, not thinking of a rebuttal. If I active listen... And let's say I disagree with someone, I'm like, that sounds interesting. Not lying, if it sounds interesting or it doesn't, but maybe it does sound interesting. Then from there, I could say, 
let me let's just play devil's advocate with that. So I also like taking it away from me and making it about just kind of like cerebral. Let's play devil's advocate with that. That way we're doing it together. It's not me versus them. It's not them versus me. Even the devil advocates thing, sometimes I wonder if that's too strong. Um, but just because I'm yeah. listening to opposing views or, or, or additional views, I don't even think, I think all this language when we say, uh, I, have a diff- I have an opposing view, I have another opinion. Uh, another opinion might not be too difficult, but it is the language that we use, right? Um, some language is softer than others. You got it. I think it's, it's not the devil's advocate. It's not debate. It's the we. Right. So even when you were speaking there, you're like, well, I don't know about this. And I am saying this. I think that it's introduce it as we. Mm-hmm. So we're in this together and we're supporting one another. Even that word there using help versus support. I like to say I want to support you. And when you're offering me support, I'm like, thank you for helping me because people want to feel supported. People don't want to feel helped. So I agree. It's 100 percent in the language. That's interesting. People don't want to be helped. They want to feel supported. Uh, They want to feel like they need help. Got it. Very interesting. That's an interesting um, distinction. It's it's interesting how language does matter. Um, Sometimes, you know, when when I work with teams, they say, oh, we have to do something. And I'm like, you have to. You get to. Right? There's a big difference. Um, The other terminology that I recently thought about was uh, the the use of and and but. So if you say, hey, Leo, great comment. But, um, yes. right, that's much more, um, of, you know, pushing you as opposed to just saying great comment and, right? You agreed. I challenge everybody, and I've done this for now almost 10 years of my life. I will replace in language and in writing the word but with and. Even if I have to rewrite the sentence, even if it doesn't make sense, I will rewrite the sentence. I get rid of but. And I think it's also you know, language, spoken language, but also physical language. As I talk about, let's do this together. This is an idea that we could go ahead and challenge to come up with something better. Having that excitement, that enthusiasm is what's going to help someone feel comfortable to have those conversations. Not say, well, Christoph, I think we should debate. Well, right. You know, I, I don't agree with that. I think that's something that we could talk about. You know, it doesn't matter if I say it's a friendly environment. If I don't show it, it means absolutely nothing. Absolutely. Um, so really quickly, in case you're wondering, on the live stream, if you're watching, how we're making all these wonderful graphics, how, how they fly on here and everything, that's me. I'm pushing the buttons on the iPad with Switcher Studio. Live stream with Switcher Studio Trap 1 gets you the first month off. And then on top of that, you do have the link, by the way, in the show notes on LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, etc., uh, Restream helps us to push it to one, two, three, four, five, six channels. Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Periscope, and Twitter. Did I say them all? Um, so there you go. That's how you do it. And then, of course, we do the podcast to Anchor.fm, uh, which is currently down. So, uh, But it should be back up at some point. Um, how do we... Uh, I mean, how do we even get started? You know, how how do we start with a company that's not used to a healthy debate, that doesn't even know if yeah. they want to do it, what's, uh, what's the secret sauce? The secret sauce is easy, and it really comes from culture building, but it really comes from the top down. Senior leadership, the, the managers, the supervisors, the respective people in charge, pod leaders, they need to go ahead and embody that, and that comes from the top <laughs> down. 
at 360i an agency where i used to work at right we really focused on innovation and i've worked at a lot of companies that focus on innovation and i think a lot of companies love to use the word innovation as the thing that they focus on but very few of them foster that kind of stuff and 360i for instance allowed me to fail i felt like i could fail i knew i could fail right because the bosses the supervisors the leaders allowed me to do it and that's what needs to be introduced when it comes to communication when it comes to opposing thoughts allow for that to happen and make sure that you foster that and it comes from the top yeah and everybody has to kind of embrace it so let's say we debate i mean at some point somebody still has to make a decision right i mean just because we're debating doesn't mean that we will do everything everybody says or and i really now i'm happy to dive into this a little bit further because i'm sure somebody will take it out of context uh, I get, you, you know, miss, not just journalists misquote people. Others do, too. Listeners, I'm looking at you guys. I'm just kidding. Love you guys. But, um, you know, um, compromise. I don't think compromise is a good term when you have a goal. It's yeah. not about compromising what you and I think, but it's about what's the best thing we should try now, and then how do we evolve it, how do we test it. So how do we use that in a debate? Um, you know, keep the goal in mind and and figure out how to get there or what's what, what would you do of course so if i was in and this is when it comes down to leadership and it comes down to even the manager role so forget everyone loves to talk about management versus leadership but if it comes down to the the manager role you should have and you do have the authority and you should feel the agency because this has been bestowed upon you as a leader in a company in a team to make decisions and once you make a decision, the compromise comes from allowing people to speak their minds and allowing them to feel heard. Then making sure that we're moving forward together. Once they feel heard, even if you disagree with why we're moving forward, if they, someone felt heard, it's going to make the whole difference. If also they feel heard and now I say, look, this is why we are doing it. That's another way to make a whole difference. If I give you the reason, not just like I disagree with you and we're moving in this direction, that's going to make someone feel bad. You don't want that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what about when you can't give all the reasons? I mean, I've been in situations where I got everybody's input, everybody's ideas, everybody's thoughts. And then I made some decisions and it was kind of tricky to give all the reasons. I mean, I don't want to. How do I even explain that? Right personnel personnel issues or personnel matters i guess um yeah. and and other things that you might not necessarily want to share um sure. so so you got to kind of walk that line as well yeah that's fair and again i mean to show the reasons why you can't share and you know it's it's going to be divulging private information that i can't it's a conversation that we will then be able to have later on give the reason there's always a reason for the reason for the reason for the reason kind of thing and I think if you're doing it for the most part, let's say 90% of the time you are able to be transparent and you are able to share, people will forgive you for the 10%. And then we, we also have to remember that sometimes people hear what they want to hear. Uh, and I've, I mean, I've had that happen a number of times when um, I would say one thing or another, or somebody else would say one thing or another. And when it's played back, um, the words are played back in the same and correct way but the way they're being played back, let's call it the tone, is very, very different. That's fair. You know, I, I come from the agency world. So I think in that place, I think of like a brief. Mm -hmm. As long as I could write a brief at the end, because lots of briefs get developed with teams, but then there's one person that writes the brief. 
you could do that internally for any team, any project. It doesn't have to be an agency. It could be anything really that you're working on. Create a brief where you write that idea, you write down the goal, you write down the target market, you write down what you want the tone to be. And then you make it so that there is no kind of ambiguity. And then there's no way for people to make mistakes. Of course, the devil is always in the details. I saw that the other day on something and somebody says, we should do this. And I thought, yeah. well, but what's the definition of this? And of course, uh, we don't want to necessarily, you know, get into those minutia. I mean, where people ask, what's your definition of and or something like that. Yeah. But the, the devil is in the details. And especially, you know, I had a talk earlier with somebody and I said, if you ask me, how would you start this marketing strategy? That's not a five-minute answer. That's not a seven-minute yeah. answer. That's like a four-hour workshop, right, to sure. even get started. Yeah. Um, so I have to ask, if, you, if you're watching on the live stream, guys, you can see his uh, Leo's Twitter handle there, more Leo, M-O-R-E-L-E-O. Uh, it, it'll be on the show notes in the podcast version as well. But on his Twitter handle, it says Leo... Um, Number 12, Top Puck Enthusiast. <laughs> what? Cite your source. <laughs> the, all the puck stuff. You can't see it behind me right now, but there are a ton of pug stuff. My pug is online. This is a real painting of my pug, and it's, it's mostly a joke, right? It's, it's me showing and having some fun on Twitter, but I am a pug obsessed, really. But is it, I mean, are you making fun a little bit at all the lists that we see out there? Is that kind Actually, of... Um, okay. So, yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny. I just saw it. I want to see if I can pull it up here. We will see if I can. Oh, my, my Twitter account live? Hold on. I think I can do it. Um, awesome. I just need to get rid of that. Boom. Okay. And here it comes. So, um, there it is. And just, you know, one more plug here for Switcher. Basically, the way that works is, you know, I got Switcher Studio. Uh, I got the Switcher Cast. You can actually see it on the top here, this right here. And then you type in the um, IP address, and you can oh, wow. pull up whatever is on your screen. So actually, this is not on my iPad, but there it is. Number twelve top <laughs> pug enthusiast. That's um, that's hilarious. I know. I, I really want to meet number one through eleven. That's my goal. But they don't exist, right? Because it's made up. It might. They might exist. Well, there, there, there's lists for everything. I mean, people, people sure. do that for marketing reasons, of course. But it's kind of funny not to take yeah. yourself too serious. So, tell me about why, why, how did you come up with Prove It Matters? Like, why is this a topic that's important to you? Sure. So, uh, you know, I, I consider myself a salesperson and a business person probably more than I do a marketer. And I realized in any situation that I've ever been in, understanding people's opposing thoughts always put me in a better position. When people go on interviews, they're like, what should I ask? I always ask, always tell them, ask what they don't like about you. And they're like, why am I going to in an interview ask what they don't like about me? I'm like, well, then that gives you fodder and that gives you information that then you could go ahead and say, well, actually, you think this because that's incorrect because of this. So it gives you an opportunity to change people's minds. If you never ask that question, you're never going to be able to change people's minds. In sales, the worst time that I was in sales was when someone's like, I love this product. It's the best thing I ever saw. I'm going to buy it. And then I wouldn't hear from them. If I could make it where the communication was free, where the communication was open, and they could tell me the reasons they wouldn't buy, that was gold. I would pay for that information. Then I'd say, all right, well, how about this? How about that? This is the reason where actually you might be incorrect when it comes to that thought. 
And my sales ability went up so high, even internally, even having conversations with my girlfriend. If I could ask things that that will allow them to be transparent and free, it made me free, really. And it optimized every single part of my life. And there's too much pander. If you look at Twitter, if you look at Facebook, if you look at Instagram, it doesn't matter. They're going to say, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. But then they'll never buy your product. It happens to every freelance. Anybody who's ever tried to freelance will tell me this story. Everyone told me it was a fantastic idea to freelance. It was amazing. And then when I quit my job and tried to get a job freelancing, everyone said no. I'm like, because unfortunately they lied. Well, freelancing is not a terrible idea, but now you're the oh, salesperson. Now you're the salesperson and you are the deliverable. You are in charge of the deliverable. So just something to think about. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's it's different from, from that regard um, for sure. I kind of forgot my train of thought. I was going to ask you. I was so actively listening. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll think about it in a minute. But so talk about active listening, though. I mean, it is truly difficult to do right i mean there's things happening oh you know here's what i remember i'm going to ask you about active listening in a minute um I, i'm going to write that down here so uh as you might know guys currently uh, doing project work always willing to p- work with different brands and, and different companies but i'm also open to working for companies uh you know my next full-time opportunity the book is now out the door uh, so so happy to do that and so I'm, I'm going through some interviews, and I always ask, Leo, when they say, you know, what are your questions or whatever, I always sure. got a couple questions about the company, but I also ask, um, what is something that I did not address? What's a concern you have about my background? And um, it's fantastic because, because people really ask. Like, they really ask what's on their mind, and so you get another chance to respond to that question. You get it. You hit the nail right on the head again. And you allowed for that conversation to happen. They wouldn't have divulged it either, or the other, any other way. And they won't once they're off the call because most companies are not supposed to tell you any, anything um, for whatever legal reasons, I, I guess, or overabundance sure. of caution. But, yeah. but when you ask, then you can respond, right? And in fact, you got it. sometimes you can mishear what people actually ask earlier. Um, but, but somebody did that to me. I was hiring them and they asked that. I was like, wow, yeah, tough, really. tough question. Awesome question. So, um, I do that as well fantastic. all the time now. It's fantastic. I've, I've shared it with countless <clears throat> people throughout my life and they always say, thank you so much for sharing that. <clears throat> yeah. It's amazing that not more people do it. Um, mm-hmm. quite frankly, um, and you kind of turn it around on them, right? Because you're, you're again, being helpful to them. It's not just about me learning something. So that's, of course, helpful, too. You got it. We can have a whole conversation on that. I, I firmly believe that there are too many people that believe they're not in power when it comes in an interview. But you are in power. You're interviewing that company as well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So when it comes to active listening, I mean, it is hard. I admit it. I'm the first to admit it. I got two monitors over here. I got notifications on the iPad. Um, I don't know where my phone is, so at least that's not buzzing. I got my uh, Apple Watch. You know, my my kids might walk down the steps back down there. Yeah. I can hear. I can hear myself. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> can you hear that? Yeah, everywhere. No, I, I didn't hear anything. Okay. Um, so so hard to actively listening. How do we how do we do it? I mean, do we just have to turn the monitors off? Um, do we just have to tell the kids to stay out? Put up a sign and say the answer to your question is no. 
if you're not bleeding, don't come down? Pretty much. No, no, no. Obviously, <laughs> creating an environment is important. I think it's, but it's practice. That's what it comes down to. There's a concept that I didn't come up with, but I love to say, and I'm probably not saying it correctly, but it's the idea of sharpening the pencil. And everything and anything we do, we're always sharpening the pencil and it's getting a little bit sharper. It's about practicing. It really is. And then being mindful. And I mean, being mindful when you feel your, your thoughts, you know, leaving your mind from what's happening here in front of you, just focus back up. And, but of course it starts with the environment. If you're having a million buzzes and sounds and this and that, that's not going to help at all. Turn off the phone, turn off the notifications. Don't look at them work together. But I, I, I actually did write about this in the book. Um, I do, I do think laptops in meetings are pretty important because then you can look up things. It drives me crazy when people bring their stack of That's paper fair. into meetings. Of course, now we don't have meetings anymore. Um, now we sure. are we're all on Zoom, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I think it's intention, though. Like, I, I can have my <laughs> phone, but it's about what does that procedure look like? Like, Christoph, that was interesting what you said. You mind if I look this up real quick? Yeah. And I go to my phone. All right, now I'm done. So I think I even did it once when uh, you and I first started talking, just not recording. I'm like, I'm typing, but I'm just taking notes. So I kind of set the environment to say, I'm going to look at my phone when I want to look at something and, and take a note or look something up. But then when I'm done, I'm going to stop and I'm going to come back at you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's just always a danger when you have your phone, you pick it up, there's 18 notifications. Oh, it's and, difficult. No, you know, no. I'm not saying no, I'm, am I perfect? Absolutely freaking not. I make the mistake every single day. But every single day I also have the intention to be better. Yeah. So when you have debate, uh, so we had Chris Kraft on the show who talked about uh, using Slack for some communications. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, hate, yeah. hate, I hate, hate, hate email. When you said to me, um, hey, we can brainstorm on email, like, you know, cold shivers going down my back spine. Um, you know what I mean? It's just email has so much baggage. And of course, I'm sure yours would be great. But but I think there's just, oh, I, yeah. And then people send these long emails with a hundred different things. Yeah. Uh, so is debate, is it best done in person or via Zoom? Or what's what are your tips? I mean, not by email, I assume. No, no, no. Pretty much anything is best done in person, right? My first boss, anytime I had a question or wanted to do something, pick up the phone, pick up the phone, pick up the phone. And anybody who knows me, pick up the phone. Even when you first messaged me right on Twitter, like, hey, I'd love to discuss about being on the show. I'm like, let's get on the phone. Here's the thing, though. I don't have a problem with email. I don't have a problem with meetings. I don't have a problem with Slack. It's how you use these tools that's the problem. Yeah. I freaking love meetings. You should quote me here if you <laughs> put it a little. Leo loves meetings. Just, I hate bad meetings, right? I hate pointless meetings. I hate meetings that don't have an agenda. That's the thing, right? I could, in essence, use, not that this is correct either, but just a different view of point, is I could use email, kind of like just send you a couple of quick messages, like, hey, Christoph, this is what I'm thinking we should do, these top three ones. Which ones do you like? Then on email, at least you don't feel an urgency to respond back to me so quickly. If it was a text, you might feel an urgency. If it's Slack, you might feel urgency. But email, you're like, all right, I could sit here and think about this. There we go. I did it. I did it. I can't do it so quickly. But you, studio. <laughs> but you can do it. You can do whatever on this thing. I mean, it's like it's like TV, except it's the Internet. Um, <laughs> so, But there's also a fine line, right, between sure. uh, meetings. and So what's interesting is, so your meeting, the expectation was set 
to be, um, you know, super quick, 15 minutes. Um, but on my podcast, which is really what we're on right now, yes. sometimes, not always, but sometimes when people want to brainstorm too much, I almost, depending on who it is, depending on what they do, who they are, it's, you know, how I know them, uh, sometimes I just move on because, like, I have, you know, I'm I'm at episode, I don't know, 257. This is episode 280. So we're 30 episodes out on the podcast, yeah. right? There's another 20 meetings cancel, uh, scheduled. So um, that doesn't mean I don't want to brainstorm. I do. But sure. sometimes I think it's just most experts, honestly, they can talk about the topic. I mean, think about us. You know, we've yeah. been on this live show for 30 minutes. We're talking. And yeah. right. And it's just like, you know, your stuff like you don't need to have a session with me to brainstorm. We brainstorm before the show. I agree. So I think when it comes to that, right, <clears throat> I, I always like to not for the sense of emotional turmoil, but for the facts to see where I am in control and I'm in power. I always tell people around me and myself, what could I have done better? So what I could have done better with that is, A, before our 15-minute brainstorm meeting, I could have sent an agenda, and a better agenda, as to why we're having this meeting and kind of how it's going to be run. Then when I said, let's email a little bit, I should have kind of set the parameters. This is why I'm going to focus on email versus Slack. Email, don't feel bad about not responding back to me so quickly. So in this sense, I did a poor job of explaining to you what I thought the brainstorm email would look like. So I think if someone thinks in that matter, what else could I have done? It gives you power in a situation because I could easily just blame you. He just didn't get it. No, he didn't get it. I didn't explain it. But by explaining it now in the future, I could solve that. In the future, when you share a meeting invite, you know, we're going to brainstorm, but the brainstorm is only five minutes and we're going to hit these five topics. We go past that. We're done. Then at that point, the brainstorms and the meeting sounds actually fantastic for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you did a great job. Fantastic planning and everything. A, a plus five stars. Uh, we'll leave that on Apple uh, podcasts <laughs> um, at some point here. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think it's about how do you talk about it? How do you and then the other thing I, I want to be very uh, open about this, too. It's about the personalities, right? So some people are planners and some people yeah. are also like I'm actually a planner to an extent, but when it comes to these podcast shows, as long as we have a topic, I think I feel like we're good to go. I'm going to ask you I, questions. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, I'm like that. I mean, I've before Prove It Matters, I had another podcast where it was similar to this, where we kind of just talk about things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guests would ask me for questions beforehand, and I'd say, I don't have any, and I'm not going to share any. <coughs> and those are the ones that would uh, have the toughest time and not be the best guests, right? But they might be a great guest on something else, right? There are podcasts that are very segment-focused, question-focused. Yeah, yeah. So one thing I learned, I mean, I need to do a better job. Partially why we met, though, too, was say, and I never said, hey, I will have you on the show. I said, let's have a conversation because I wanted to kind of see that banter. And I realized if I don't have those meetings and I just get on, I'm like, all right, cool, let's record. It's not going to be a good episode. Because well, I told people, I'm sorry, it doesn't seem like it's a good fit. Yeah, and you know what? That what's interesting about that is, uh, of course, it's different now because we do have a, about a daily live stream. So this episode, it's live, right? Whether it worked or not, so it's like I can't take it back. Um, but I, but I had in the peer in the past, I actually had podcasts. So here's kind of the process, guys. Um, I do one live stream per day um, when I have anything, right? Sometimes I don't. It dep- if, if there's only one, 
But the other day, I think when we were talking, I had, I think, four total podcasts, right? One was my own live stream, then there was yours, and then there were two others. So the two others, we just recorded the audio. We didn't do the live stream. Yeah, wow. um, Because, you know, I don't want to send four live streams to my audience every day. Sure. And, and it is, me doing this is actually a little bit more strenuous than us just talking with audio because I'm trying to look at you, you're trying to look at me, we're, tr- sure. you know, you know, very different from just audio. Um, so, but what, what I was going with this, there has been times, and not very often, but maybe two to four times when I didn't publish a podcast, right? Oh, wow. And one time was, it was just all over the place. And it wasn't yeah. the, I mean, the the person was coughing nonstop. He didn't really answer any questions without saying, um, and, uh, like, I don't care about um and uh, but it was just like, it was too much. Like, he didn't yeah. say anything. And then another one was, um, I don't think they were very happy with it. And so what happened is they they kept asking, how was it? How, should, we can do it again if we need to. Yeah, and, I see. And they, they said that so much that I was like, um, maybe it's not a fit, right? So yeah. I just didn't publish oh, it. Nice of you. That was nice of you, though. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you could have been like, we're getting it out. It's going out there. But no, that, I think that that shows who you are as a host, though, too. I I would cut things out if someone will tell me, like, hey, I don't like what I said. I will cut it out. Me too. Same here. Absolutely. Of course, on the live stream, you can't do that because sure. it's already live. I mean. but, but you could take it out when it goes to the podcast channels for sure. Sure. Leo, great discussion, great debate, even though I didn't feel like we debated quite as much as we did on ProveItMatters.com. That episode should come out at some point. Uh, And if you're listening on the podcast channels, I'm sure it will have been out by then. Probably no pressure. Um, And we'll post the link to that as well. You can hear us debate about technology, how many apps are necessary to get your work done. Leo, it was great to have you on the show. Great to connect. Uh, Thanks for sharing your insights. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And to your audience and yourself, uh, happy Thanksgiving and safe Thanksgiving. Awesome. Same to you. Stay healthy, everyone, and sanitize. Thanks, COVID, for this interesting year. Uh, I'm Christoph Trapp, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.